What's up everybody, it's Owen here from The Hiker Podcast. In this episode of the show, we are going to be talking about the Tour du Mont Blanc, the famous 100 mile looped trail that circumnavigates Mont Blanc Massif. It's considered by many people to be the quintessential European hiking trail. And Paul was lucky enough to hike the trail a couple of years ago. So I caught up with Paul to ask him all about his trip and see if he has any helpful information for our listeners. As always, the trails that we discuss in this show are available on the Hiker app, so head to your app store to download it for free now, or simply head to hiker.app. We also have some pretty exciting shows coming up over the next few weeks, so if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to like and subscribe, and maybe give us a little review. Enjoy the show, and happy hiking! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hiker Podcast with me, Owen Hamilton, and our CEO, Paul Finley. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. How are you doing, Owen? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I am, I'm stiff as a plank at the moment. My legs, they, they, they ache. Um, I'm just off the south, or, sorry, I'm off the Sleeve Bloom Way, three days hiking up and around the, the mountains there in the Midlands in Ireland. Um, but I'm glad to be out back doing long distance trails again. It feels good. Any news with you? Um, no, no, I'm certainly looking forward to doing the episode on the Sleeve Bloom Way. It's a trail that I've wanted to do for a while myself. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about that in another episode. But uh, no, otherwise, I'm good. I've been out hiking a bit. Um, my brother, Mark, who uh, also uh, works with Hiker, he's our back-end developer. He was on the Barrow Way himself as well, and uh, he really enjoyed that. Now, he had to pull up short he only got 50 kilometers into the trail but uh again he really enjoyed it he got the best of the weather actually we seemed to just get a bit of a break there in, in the weather and uh yeah so he had to pull up short though hurt his knee a little bit but i think he's looking forward to get back out on the trail there in the next week or two i was actually thinking about mark when we were out because uh the end of actually well the start and the end of the sleep bloom way crosses over the bar the river barrow uh, which is obviously where the uh, the Barrow Way kind of goes along, and I actually just thought, well, I just hop into the river and just go join up with Mark and you know try and try and complete the trail with him. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a different trail, and uh, not even an Irish trail. We're talking about the Tour de Mont Blanc, um, the one hundred and seventy kilometers or one hundred and ten mile kilometer loop trail that goes around the Mont Blanc Massif in uh, the Alps. Uh, the trail touches through France, uh, goes through Italy and parts of Switzerland. Um, again, unfortunately, I have not had the pleasure to embark on this adventure, uh, but Paul, uh, he did. So. We're going to ask Paul a few questions about his adventure, when he did it, what he did, how, how he got on. And uh, hopefully this information will help you when you are planning your Tour de Mont Blanc adventure. So, Paul, hmm. um, tell me about your adventure. Give me, give, give me the overview. When did you do it? Who did you do it with? Give us, give us the, the, the So intro. we did it in 2019. And by we, I mean myself and my fiance Emer. And um, yeah, it was a trail after we, we had done the Wicklow Way. We'd done the the, um, the Dingo Way. We'd done some of the Kerry Way. We'd done the Camino. Uh, sorry, the Kerry Camino, obviously. Sorry, the, the Causeway Coast Way as well. 
Um, and we thought, you know, we really wanted to do the Tour de Mont Blanc. Anyone who looks around at the YouTube videos of the Tour de Mont Blanc, you're you're instantly going to be costing yourself money because you're going to want to do the trail. Um, and uh, and I feel the exact same way after having done the trail because it's absolutely every single view that you see on that trail is just stunning. It is just the quintessential epic views and absolutely scenic areas copious amounts of cheese lots of good beer everything you want in a good hiking trail you could say that this would be the pinnacle uh, of european hiking long distance hiking trails yeah i think that would be very fair it's certainly the most famous one um and you know I, i suppose if you're to take something away from the trail it would be that it gets the crowds to match that you you never feel overcrowded. You you never feel like that at all. But it, it definitely is a very busy trail, and uh, and there is a, a lot of people on it. But um, yeah, as I was saying, we did it in two thousand and eighteen. So you you can hike the Tour de Mont Blanc any time from roughly kind of late June up until the middle of September. Obviously, it can vary from year to year depending on what the uh, the weather is like. Uh, the, the big challenge people will find hiking at other times of the year is that the high mountain calls could just be covered with snow and unpassable. There was actually even snow on those calls, particularly um, south of uh, Les Contam as you're passing over into Italy. Uh, there was still a lot of snow down then, but uh, it was it was very much passable. But I would say any earlier, if you were even in early June that year, it probably would have been very very difficult to pass, or you would have needed specialist equipment to uh, to pass. So um, yeah, uh, but we were there. We arrived in late July. I think we started on the thirty first of July, and uh, and we hiked the trail over eight days, which was definitely you know a a, a um. We, we you know we didn't take it easy on ourselves at that you know at that rate we we certainly had to to uh, to make good ground most days um so you sorry you, you I was about to ask you how long it took you so you did it over eight days uh what kind of distances were you covering each day uh, was it was it kind of you know same every day or were you were you changing it up or what did you do every day so it, it's funny that you know when I'm hiking trails in the UK from hiking trails in Ireland, I be I would be used to doing twenty mile days, roughly about twenty mile days most days. Doing a twenty mile day in the Tour de Mont Blanc is very very difficult because the elevation gains are are much more extreme, and you're going to be doing a lot of uphill climbing, and that elevation will definitely take its toll on you. So you would be aiming to do roughly 20 kilometer days uh most days and at that that you know that won't be an easy day of course there is the the freaks and weirdos out there doing the uh, uh the best kind of freaks and weirdos doing the the likes of the the utmb and um, who'll do it uh, you know over the space of two days or so but uh for any human out there you'll be doing roughly 20 kilometer days and at that that will be tough you could easily do it over 10 days and, and probably be a little bit more comfortable so what what uh, there's a lot of elevation here. There's a lot of uh, you know varied terrain. Is there any particular gear that you brought with you? You know, trekking poles or t- certain types of boots, or, or is there anything else that you brought with you that you thought, yeah, I need this, or or even better yet, was there was there something that you didn't bring? You were like, ah, oh, I should have I should have brought this. Well, uh, the Tour de Mont Blanc is much less about what you do bring and it's much more about what you don't bring and this was the tr- the smartest trail 
I have ever been on where I would I went ultralight. I carried as little as possible. Um, again, all being in the context of of it is still Paul you know computer programmer trying to develop apps at the same time so i did yes carry my computer at the same time and i did also carry mini drone but outside of that i was ultra light i think i had i had two pairs of underwear i had maybe three socks i can't even remember i don't even know if i had four socks at all uh and um and yeah i was as light as possible i think i had two t-shirts with me i only had one pair of shorts um, I had trail runners that didn't bring uh, hiking boots. We did bring poles. I highly recommend poles for this trail. It's definitely the kind of trail that you need poles on. And um, yeah, yeah, we were very like Emer was even lighter. Emer, I think she had like a six liter bag. I mean, this thing was tiny. It's it's barely a backpack, uh, and it was perfect for her for this trail. Um, so I kind of carried most of the load there, so she would have a a slightly easier time. And um, yeah, as I said, this trail is about what you don't bring. It's not about what you do bring. It's about bringing as little as you possibly can. So I would imagine then by bringing light packs, you weren't camping. You weren't wild camping or anything like that. You were staying in accommodation. Tell me a bit about the the types of accommodation that you were staying in. Mm. Well, I, I, so you're bringing up camping first of all there, and it's a, it's a, it's a good one to talk. So camping is is challenging along the TMB. You can you can well camp all the way along there, but they want to make your life difficult to do that. And um, now I don't know the specific rules, but I'm pretty sure in France you you can only camp above two thousand five hundred meters in altitude. In Italy. Technically, you can't legally wild camp at all. Now, people, please do correct me if I've gotten this wrong. And in Switzerland, I think it is challenging as again. I think it may be the 2,500 meter um, uh, of altitude is the minimum altitude that you can camp at. Um, so you do definitely see a lot of people wild camping along the trail. You'll have seen, uh, you may even yourself on have watched the Abby Burns. She's got a great YouTube video about the uh, the trail. But um, but yeah, camping is challenging along the way. There are plenty of places where you can camp legally through getting a license. So if you set up tent, somebody will come around at nighttime and they will basically ask you for, I don't know, maybe 20 euro or something like that to camp. I know that was definitely the case in a town called... Um, Oh, what was it called? Oh, Triant, sorry, Triant. So it was definitely the case there where I seen a lot of people setting up almost in the middle of town to camp. And again, a person will come around and you have to buy a license off them for, for camping there for that night. But uh, but we ourselves, we stayed, so we stayed our first night in a hotel called Hotel du Bois in Les Houches. And, uh, and that's where we started the trail. We were going to be walking in an anti-clockwise direction. And our goal for the first day was to make it as far as a, a refuge called Refuge Nantes Brant. And uh, it's about 22 kilometers from the start, but it was a pretty good day's hiking. There was definitely a lot to it. Um, and there was some there was some good elevation gains there. You pass through the town of Les Contam along the way, so it's a great place to stop, grab lunch, and to fit, and to stock up at the shops. It's a big town in itself, and um, and yeah, we stopped at Refuge Nantebrant uh, for the first day. It's very much you know shared uh, accommodation. You'll be staying in a room, probably six or seven other people in the room with you, and you know I I, I highly recommend not camping. 
and staying in the refuges. It's definitely more expensive. So I understand for people who just want to do the trail, get out there, do it, you know, by whatever means possible. But the buzz of the refuges was a huge part of the trail for me. It, it made the trail for me. It was just, there was so much buzz there. You'd be having beers afterwards. You'd be chatting to people about their hiking. You'd just be talking about people, whatever they do. And I met some really fascinating people, met some good friends on the trail there. So I, I do highly recommend staying in the, in the refuges. Yeah, and that's that kind of goes for a lot of trails uh, as well that we do feature in 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 hiker in the app and the website. Uh, a lot of these places have some fantastic accommodations along the trails, and as you'll see, as you'll hear from some of the other episodes that we're doing, like the South Downs Way and the Wicklow Way as well, and future episodes. A lot of them we, we we do we don't we mix it up. We might camp on some of them, or we might stay in accommodation, or we might do both. Um, but either way, uh, it is about meeting people along the trails. Sometimes, yeah, you want to go off and solo hike and do your own thing. But most times, especially when you and I are hiking, Paul, we we love meeting people and we love, you know, talking about the trail, talking about the day that you just had and, you know, where you've gone. And then, you know, just hearing these stories, it's all a part of the adventure. Um uh, and, and it is it is as much about the people that you meet as it is about the the journey itself um it's are, are there any more places that you stayed in that you um so uh for the next day for our second day we only did what was roughly about 15 kilometers but again, it was tough. You know, it definitely was. And myself and Eber went in. We were fit going into this. And believe me, I'm not a big-headed person. Or maybe I am. I don't know. But uh, we... <laughs> uh, um, no comment. <laughs> but, 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 we, uh, but we were... Because we, we had done a marathon just the previous May. So only about two months before there. So, you know, and we, 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 we didn't... We were no slugs going around in the marathon either. I won't reveal my time on this. But uh, <laughs> we... Um, we No, no. We, so we were fit going in there. But that, you know, even that next day, it was only 15 kilometers, but it was very challenging. You uh, have you have a high call that you, you have to co- climb up toward to the top of Col du Bonhomme. And uh, again, absolutely stunning views there. There was still snow on the ground. But yeah, it was it was definitely challenging. And it was definitely a long day, despite the fact that it was only 15 kilometers. And we stayed down in Refuge Nova. And again, just, you know, a brilliant buzz there. I Every night I was like, no, I'm, look, I'm not going to have beers tonight. I really want to take it easy. <laughs> I must have been in the refuge all, all of about 15 minutes before I started chatting to somebody. I'm like, ah, oh, let's get a beer. Come on, let's have the crack. And uh, and yeah, that's just that's just so typical of the TMB you're going to eat a lot of cheese you're going to drink a lot of beer and you're going to love every second of it that sounds like my dream right there <laughs> uh, also uh, yeah it's 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 a very typical of the tmb it's very typical of paul finley as well to not say no to a beer if it's put in front of him <laughs> um, yeah yeah the um the certainly the descent when you're coming down from uh uh refuge du call de la Criox. Uh, again, probably butchering, butchering the pronunciation, but it was a very steep descent there. It was kind of slow going on there. Again, it's always the views that will make all this very, very easy for you because it's so spectacular, but it was, a, it was a steep descent. But I think the next day, which which would what would have been day three for us was our toughest day um, because we went all the way from Le Chapiot, where uh, Refuge uh, de la Nova is and we went all the way as far as Cumae in Italy and that was 
a really long, very tough day. We were we were following along. I was obviously building Hiker at the time. Hiker wasn't actually a real thing yet. I was I was only building at the time, and I was coding every night on this trail, but uh, drunk sometimes as well. <laughs> so that probably accounts for all the bugs. But uh, the um, no, I, I was um, I was following along on the Cicerone guide, and I have to say it was one of the things that really motivated me because the guide just didn't do justice for what the second so you have to do one big climb up uh, as you're going up through uh, la ville des glaciers and uh, and then you do a really it's just a big long climb up there and then you'll be going down towards uh refuge elizabeta um and we you know had to keep going past there there was we we're only about halfway there by the time we got to refuge elizabeta where a lot of people and i probably would recommend to most people to stop there for the day but we kept going on there and as we had to uh climb up towards uh point de charmottes uh Cher- i'm kind of i'm butchering these pronunciations but oh, Paul, your you french kind of go up is to- fantastic it's, it's beautiful uh but you you go up towards that mountain and um oh i just remember the book did not do it justice i did not expect that to be as tough as it was and it was a really really long uh slug it's a very long day oh it was it was dark by the time or getting dark by the time we arrived in uh in Cormier. but thankfully we treated ourselves on that night in Cormier. we went out for an absolutely uh atrocious and an atrocious amount of pizza and pasta. We had two dinners, two dinners. <laughs> two, and I, you know what? I didn't even feel bad about it. I felt great about it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat my second dinner. <laughs> and, uh, but um, but yeah, no, no. We stayed in a hotel that night, and it was great. I like. I have to say, it, a lot of people do take a zero day in Kumaye. And we wanted to so bad. We only booked a hotel for one night. But the problem is we, and here's a great note, you need to book your refuges in advance. Don't show up expecting just to stay in a refuge. It's a bad idea and it's going to lead to disaster at some point. You have to pre-book them. Um, You can get all the contact details in the hiker app itself. I wish I had that so badly because booking them was really awkward. But in the app, and I took a plug back away from us in the first episode uh, in the South Ends Way, I'm giving all of that plug back towards us now because you honestly the app will be a really big help and i would have loved to have it when we are hiking it because all the contact details are in there for the refuges so it's super easy to go ahead and book them pop them an email they'll book you right in i don't even think you have to give a deposit for most of them but get a booking there because don't rely on just knocking on the door i've seen so many people get turned away when we were hiking on the trail but uh oh god yeah, that must be stayed, so uh debilitating when you're, you're you're going up and you've just just hiked that section that you were just talking about there you're tired mm-hmm. you're distraught you just want to sit down and then someone tells you no there's no room at the inn you gotta go away yeah yeah it's 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 dangerous honestly i think you you need to have this stuff organized if you have a tent you can probably maybe get away with it because Mm. you can you know you have an alternative to that if you've no tent you show up there and you're you know even in somewhere like refuge elizabeth you've got a long climb uh left for ahead of you to get onto somewhere else and you've got to be hoping that they that they'll have it there so um yeah you know make sure you're organized these are high mountains in a lot of places and it's not somewhere you want to be stuck out at all and you don't really want to be putting somebody who is you know there having put them under pressure to try get you sorted Mm. so just be organized get on top of it all the details are in the app so you shouldn't have a problem um yeah um 
I know you probably have other places that you want to talk about, other towns and stuff. But it just want it, you. You are going through a lot of towns, and like you're you're crossing through three different countries. Um, mm. it, it, while these are remote towns, I suppose in the context of you know the the larger countries that they're part of, um, is there a certain amount of French or Italian or Swiss that you need to know? And to get by, or can you get by with English? Like, would you? Are you totally fine speaking English in these towns? For me, I'm the kind of person where you probably can get by speaking uh, English. But I think you know it's always nice to make a bit of an effort. And myself and Emma always did that. We had a uh, a translator. You know, we I think we had like a we had some sort of translator. I think we had a bit of a pocket dictionary or something like that with us. And I, I think people always appreciate you making the effort. But for somebody who is steadfast, determined never to speak another language, you could probably get away with it. It's not going to be much of a problem. Um, you can you can certainly work your way through at most places. But I think people greatly appreciate you making the effort. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and yeah, it's good to. It's good to have those little Collins translation dictionaries or or whatever they are um, on hand just just for your couple of words just to get by just to order a cup of coffee or to you know to ask for a room or or whatever like that but uh, just mm. you know in cer- certain parts of the world you know they might not have any English whatsoever and just making it that little mm. bit more difficult but yeah you're dead right make the effort learn a couple of words. Uh, and and you know the european languages they're not too dissimilar so you won't you, you mm. should be all right um so carry on I, I will i will i will just mention with that now if you are going to be relying on google translate mm. uh you will not have internet reception for large amounts of it and when you do have internet reception it will be so terrible it will be essentially unusable Um so obviously you know the, the app itself works entirely offline so make sure you have your offline maps downloaded in advance and pretty much plan to not have internet most of the time you'll get a bit of reception sometimes that you could stop off and catch up on any messages you need to but uh, often you will not have internet connection even when you're staying in some of the refuges overnight expect to not have an internet connection uh, very often uh, and also I just a note as well on Google Translate. Don't rely on Google Translate. I've had to use that before, and I've had some very very strange looks uh, <laughs> from using Google Translate to get a por- across a very important message to somebody. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's a different story. Carry on, mm-hmm. Paul. So um, after Kurumaye, we uh, went as far again. We had another really long tough day we obviously as i said we we, we stayed in kurmaye uh and then i think it was called hotel cristallo or something like that it was called and we went from there as far as la Puelle, which is in switzerland so again that was a pretty long day for us uh how long it was i think that was about 30 kilometers a little bit less than 30 kilometers uh with with a with a big decent climb uh, uh by uh, i think it was called the foray um yeah it was it was a really really tough long day for us um and you have you know you have the climb out of Courmayer is tough 
um, and it's a long tough climb beautiful views again so it always makes up for it then you'll be making your way up towards uh, the famous refuge uh, uh, refugio sorry uh, Walter Bernati um, who was a, a famous uh, mountaineer uh, alpinist um, you will descend down towards uh, Valfrey, Chalet Valfrey, and then it is at Refugio, Refugio Elena, um, stunning Refugio. It's right up, uh, you'll see, like there's just so many glaciers up behind it. Ah, oh, I'm actually been whisked away just thinking of it now. But it's a really, really uh, tough climb up to uh, Col de Frey. Um And then even when you get to the far side of that, it's it's a tough slog up as far as um, La Puel, uh, where we stayed there. Again, we left Cormier very early. We must have left Cormier. Oh, I, th- I think we were going out the door at that six. And it was just kind of first light as we were starting to make our foot on the mountain. But um, but yeah, we arrived in uh, La Puelle very late, um, and then it was a big queue for the showers. When you get to La Puelle, there's only two showers there, so it's a queue. I do remember having a row with uh, somebody of a certain nationality, and uh, yes, somebody skipped the queue. And I do not take very kindly to queue skippers. <laughs> and... Um, Yes, and uh, actually, you know what's funny? The person uh, I actually was was an American. I will I will reveal, but we actually became really good friends with the person subsequently because after having a bit of a row, we ended up staying in the same uh, refuge. To or oh, the very next night, actually, it was a uh, it was a refuge all the way over near um, Champagne Lac. And um, yeah, yeah, we actually made made really good friends with the same person. But uh, but yeah, uh, Lapuel again. Oh, such a story. I, I feel like I'm just going to be saying this about every part of the TMB because it is all visually stunning. But Lapuel is really nice. It feels like the most wild of the uh, refuges that uh, that we stayed in. Uh, it's perched right on top of on the side of a mountain. And it's just so wild. You'll hear nothing but the clanging of bells all night long. The rooms are massive. There must have been about maybe oh, almost fifty people, maybe in that room that we we're staying in there. And um, I think, yeah, it, I was, think it was I, absolutely stunning. Is that the? There's a video. I think it's it's on our social media channel on on Instagram. Is that the video of where you go towards the video towards the window? No, no, that was later on. Okay, that sorry, was, sorry, that spoiler. Was, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it, believe me, it only gets more stunning as that, if anything lets you know. And obviously, that was particularly stunning. It, we're not even there yet, you know, and that that, that goes to show. So, um, but that was that was a long, tough day. Uh, you'll descend. Uh, we were up again, you know, at the crack of dawn because we had another long, long day. You know, we started uh, La Puella is a kilometer, roughly about kilometer ninety one, and um, we had to go as far as kilometer. Oh, it was like 113. So it was roughly about a 22-kilometer day. It was definitely one of the easier days that day, actually. It was not a lot of elevation gain, uh, but very, very beautiful. You're walking along a river uh, for 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 most of the day. And, uh, yeah, it's a really nice day. You, you can get, grab yourself a good lunch in La Foulie, which you'll, you'll arrive in only about an hour after leaving La Puelle. And, um, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a really, really beautiful day's hiking up as far as Champagne Lac and uh yeah i'm not sure what else to say about that it was just a nice good beautiful day's hiking champagne lac is a beautiful town in itself and uh, so what was the what was the weather actually like the entire time you were there was there um, was there much rain it, or was, was this all sunshine it, it 
pretty much all sunshine and blue skies. Uh, it was raining. It, it did rain. Um, I think it rained on the first day. It rained twice on the first day. Um, and then I don't think we've seen another cloud literally for for the rest of the time that we're there and um, now that's not to say that that's what it'll be like for everyone you you can get rain there and um, you can't even get thunderstorms uh we actually did get rain another day the day we were coming up the champagne lac actually but it was just as we were arriving and actually was turning into what looked like it was well actually sorry what subsequently did become a big thunderstorm but uh, thankfully it was just as we arrived in uh uh, I think the, the the refuge we stayed in was Bon Abri, it was called. It was just past Champelac. And uh yeah, it was a um it was but no, it was it was mostly sunshine for us. Yeah, I do remember you putting up or don't know, don't know if you put it up on social media. You did put it up on social media. Uh the video of uh just walking through a very verdant 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 um section of a trail and it was just like sheets of rain coming down. And mm. uh, I just remember two, two hikers going past you. It was uh, at the time I was like, "Yes, he's in the rain, and I get to go and I'll do it myself, and it'll be all sunshine." But now you got you got yeah. you got the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah. The for for hikers of the TMB, when you are at Champelac, you face the ultimate question. Ooh. You face the ultimate question of whether you go over uh, called our pet. Again, butchering the pronunciation, but there we go. Uh, whether you go over Col de Arpet or whether you go over towards uh, what's called Bovine, uh, which is the other way towards Triant. Uh, so Col de uh, Arpet would be the, the highest call on the TMB if you do cross it. I think just about 2,700 metres in altitude. And it's a tough, tough day. Um, Emer's a, a little bit afraid of heights. She's not overly fond of heights, uh, as you probably shouldn't be, because heights are bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, she uh, she didn't fancy it, um, and you know I didn't mind. You're gonna have pretty beautiful views anyway. I would love to go back and do call to our pet, but uh, we didn't do it. But yes, it is that day that you have that question in Champagne Lac, and that is probably the most common uh, alt route that people take. It's obviously the alt route is in the app. You can see it there. Um, but uh, that is the most common alt route that people take on the TMB uh, and it is beautiful I think it is alt number 17 so we actually have quite a lot of alt routes in the uh, in the app for the TMB but uh, you'll see alt number 17 there and that is the alt that passes up over the uh, through the Val d'Arpet and over the Col d'Arpet and uh, yeah it's a it's a beautiful and tough day uh, uh, making your way over to Triant where we stayed in uh in refuge de Poiti, which was a beautiful little refuge and and that was the end of the trip you you it, it came for full circle then uh no 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 oh apologies. We still a few more days to go <laughs> no, no, you're you're okay I'll, you're I'll, putting I'll, us off short there apologies i thought you said you started in trient apologies i uh will no. edit that out <laughs> Uh, no no we uh no we still had two full days to go after that um we had by no means uh done the loop then and we uh so yes we we stayed in refuge de Poeti in triant and oh it was beautiful refuge there they they cooked out a big barbecue outside for everybody 
we didn't have an overly long day that day from uh, from ba- from Bon Abri uh, just outside Chabelac. We uh, we had I think we we absolutely flew that day. We must have arrived there probably about maybe half three. So again, we actually made some some good friends there uh, from America. I think they were from Texas. And um, oh, we must we must have sat out for a good six or seven hours. They had a bar in uh, Refuge de Poetti itself. And uh, oh, we were just sitting out there and we were drinking and oh, it was it was absolutely burning crack. Had a really, really great time there. Uh, and they cooked a big barbecue outside. Obviously, when you're staying at these refuges, uh, most of the time you'll be booking uh, as like staying half board. So you will get your evening's dinner included and your morning's breakfast included as well. And ah, oh, the food was just so good. Big barbecue that this delicious german style sausage and ah such good food such good beers really really enjoyable i really wanted to kind of jump in there at, well i wanted to jump in earlier as well and, and actually talk about food but like there just seems to be so many things to talk about uh, i was going to ask you you know i know you're not finished yet you still have a, a couple of days left but you know can you can you say now what was your favorite what was the most standout food that you had the most standout food um i think the barbecue we had that day mm. in refuge de Poetti, uh was the uh, the best we had but overall you know what it's as much a culinary experience yeah. as a, as it is a hike go there do not go on the tmb hoping to lose weight don't <laughs> Go there sincerely hoping to gain a lot of weight because you'll have had a great time if you do that. Yeah. 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 yeah like I, 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 you know, myself, I'm, I'm a very simple man when it comes to, to food on trail. Like I, 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 I'm a foodie. Do not get me wrong. I am a foodie. I will, I will have whatever is put in front of me. But, uh, the, the fact that this is cheese and wine country, like that's, that's mm. my game. I, I would nearly replace my bladder of water with a bladder of, of red wine and uh and, <laughs> and packed my my side pockets in the in, in the in the backpack with cheese uh the entire way it's it it does sound uh very inviting yeah yeah no no it, re- it really is it's a uh it's a great trail as a, as a culinary experience you, you, ne- um, you nearly you nearly like you you wouldn't need like did you have snacks along the way would you had like trail mix or or gorp sorry gorp uh as we figured out gorp. last time and um, did you have anything like that with you or were you just kind of like you know getting to the next town and just nibbling away a bit so when you stay in the refuges you can pay i think it's probably about maybe six or seven euro per person uh it could even be less and they will give you lunch for the next day so when you get your breakfast they actually give you lunch for the next day as well which is kind of some breads and some cheeses and some fruit and and all sorts of stuff um and i think we took that every day we didn't carry food outside of that but uh yeah we we just we 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 took we got the lunches every day so we we kind of did it in a in a fancier way it's it's fair enough to say mm. that we we got the lunches we got the half board everywhere we stayed uh, there would be other people who carry absolutely everything but uh no I, I really enjoyed it that way the lunches are great you get you get your boiled egg every day and you get everything else and it's it's really good yeah well like again it's it's kind of important to note that like this podcast and the, and the and the app and everything it's it's for everybody you can you can be that you're a hardcore hiker you can go and do these trails completely self-sufficient um 
you know, restocking these towns and, and all that kind of stuff, or you can do it the way that you did it and you're still hiking. Like you're still doing the, the kilometers, you're still putting in the miles, you're still climbing, uh, but you're just having a bed sleeping at the end of the day and you're having somebody else cook you cook you lunch and cook you dinner and that that's that's absolutely fine. And that's that's what this is all about, is that you know, it's something for everybody. Um but yeah, so was there another place you stayed in? What's the, do you have a couple of more days left? So uh, our last place that we our last place on the trail that we stayed in was a refuge called Le Flegerie. Mm. Now this was made uh, famous, certainly uh, to me anyway, as the place where I got that really cool video where you're yeah. walking out and then you get the the stunning view of the Mont Blanc Massif and and uh, and Mont Blanc itself. And oh, just wow, 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 wow! Mm. Again, it was a tough, tough day. Um, made tough by our American friends, and we met another friend as well. Uh, it was a guy who was hiking with his daughter, and they were wild camping all the way along there. But uh, we met them in a small town called Trailer Champ, uh, and that was only about halfway for the day for myself and Emer. But we uh, arrived there and we're all chatting away and we're having good crack. And we kind of ended up saying to ourselves, oh, look, sure, let's stop and trail a champ and let's grab you a really quick lunch, just a power lunch and maybe a pe- maybe a power beer or a power beer or two as well. And of course, one or two beers turned into five or six. Mm-hmm. And we ended up there until, oh, must have been like after four o'clock, way too late, way too late, because we still had to make it all the way. So that would be at kilometre 140, and we still had to make it all the way to kilometre uh, 146, which is only seven kilometres from there, but it has a big climb on the way. You're starting at Trailer Champ. You're at an altitude of roughly about maybe 1,400 metres, and you got to go up to above 2,000 metres, uh, and then ultimately uh, La Flegerie itself is at about maybe 1850 meters so uh, it was it was a long climb from there it, t- it probably took us maybe about two and a half or three hours because we had a couple of beers on us as well um, and that is this is the section uh, the famous section where you have the ladders of the TMB uh, just before we continue I just uh, want to say that uh, Hikert in no way condones or uh, yeah no way condones drinking and hiking Yes, absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> Do never ever drink and hike. Paul, you were uh, you were drinking you were drinking uh, root beer, so yeah. Root beer and alcohol zero free alcohol, and I drifted up the mountain alcohol free. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, but sorry, this is the section where you have the ladders, um, and the ladders. Yeah, yeah. Again, look, the the ladders are completely possible, but you know, they there there definitely will be a bit of a fear factor there uh, for some people because they are they're very steep. Obviously, you have to do pretty kind of high climbs. You might be doing anywhere up to kind of ten meters, maybe not quite ten meters, but you are shimmying across kind of rock face and stuff like that while you're holding onto a railing. So, without, for anyone with a fear of heights, this section is something that you may want to bypass. There are lower routes that you can take. Um, that that do bypass the uh, ladders. There's also a higher route that you can take uh, that bypass ladders. The higher route will be tough. Uh, brings you up near uh, 
Loch Blanc. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it is a um, it is a tough day, and the ladders, you know, you know, it's I, I find the ladders really entertaining, really fun. Um, but uh, but they, they certainly do have a challenge. But yeah, we stayed in La Flegerie that night. It was absolutely uh, stunning views there. We we, we we were pretty tired, honestly, when we were right there. So I think we hit the hay quite early. But uh, you're saying again, in a really big dorm, there must be about thirty or forty people in it. And was there drinks hot then again I mean um, root beers and non-alcoholic yeah. uh, beer or wines that night there was not oh, too, tired. Too, too tired. tired too tired hit the hay absolutely conked that night barely barely even budged so um, no no there, there was no there was no beverages had that night and, uh, and we, you know what we had to prepare ourselves because we had our final day ahead mm-hmm. we had 14 kilometers left um, roughly and uh, and yeah so we we prepared ourselves for that and um yeah, so that was that. That was it. It was on this day that you have to go up across the top of uh, La Brevante, um, which is a decent climb. You know, you you, you it's a, it's certainly a, a decent and long climb up to Brevant, but. Uh, but again, it's a it's a, um, a, a some people may choose to stay in refuge Belachat, um, which is kind of some a, a small bit after Brevant. But uh, we didn't. We had a nice little lunch at Brevant itself. You can get in. There's a shop right at the very top of the mountain, and it is beautifully placed with gorgeous um, hot chocolate and ice creams. And it went down a storm, gave us all the energy we needed to power through and finish in Les Hoosh. Uh, where we had done the full circle and we gave ourselves a good high five. A really, really satisfying finish, though. It's great. And they have a nice big finish line that t- that you finish at itself. That uh, sounds amazing. It sounds like you really had a, a great time. And, you know, it, it, the staying in hotels and everything like that, is, it, I, I, to me, that that's a nice way to do it. Like, when you're when you're going through a very trafficked trail like the Tour de Mont Blanc, I would imagine that you know while camping can get a bit, it can nearly be as tough as as getting a place mm. at a hotel. Because I remember Abby Barnes when she was doing her her trip, there was sections where she did wild camp. Well, it wasn't even really wild camping. She was camping in campsites, and she was actually in some cases finding it difficult to find places to actually set up her tent. Um. Mm. So having that luxury of staying somewhere, you know, it's just where you're going to put your head down for the night. But you're going, you're still going out, you're still in the, those 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 miles and those mm. kilometers and and climbing up the mountains. Um, mm. it's definitely on my list. It's going to be done at some point once I'm allowed to leave the country. <laughs> um, mm. but yeah, sounds like you had a great time. Um. I'm trying to think is there any questions that I have about it you, you seem to kind of cover everything there with with everything so your food your 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 pack your uh what you did every day I suppose you know what was the best the most standout moment along the tournament blog that you can think of um the most standout moment on the TMB for me uh, I think it was probably when we were at Refuge Alina. It was the day we'd left Cormier and we were, um, you know, it was probably about halfway towards uh, La Poelle where we were staying that night. And I remember we were quite tired, obviously, when we get there, as you often will be on the TMB. But we got a, uh, we got a Coke 
a full-on Coke. None of that Diet Coke stuff. We got a proper Coke. And uh, and I remember just kind of sitting there. And then I just, I don't know what it was, but I had my blinkers on up until that moment. And I looked up and I just remember seeing the glaciers and the Mont Blanc Massif. And honestly, it's actually one of the moments in my life where I just went and I just look at the majesty of this look at why it was just tough to fathom what my eyes were actually seeing it was just so beautiful so massive it made you feel so insignificant yet it also just made you feel so appreciative of how beautiful the natural world can be and how stunning this part of the world is um it's it's a moment that honestly will will never leave me it really will will never leave me because it was just so it just it just honestly took my breath away. Ah, that's the, it sounds beautiful, but also I'm kind of the first thing I thought: what did they put in your coke? <laughs> <laughs> it's the sugar rush. It's the sugar rush. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can I can picture it. Um, okay, that's a, that was a really good uh, synopsis, and not not just a synopsis, a really good in depth uh, discussion about the TMB. Really, like you've always kind of painted it in a, in a really good light and I've always wanted to go ever since you've done it um, I, I don't get a chance to, to give this one a rating is, is Emer in the room is she next to you at all she is not. She is fast asleep with with her baby Haley okay. downstairs. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give this a rating myself. Okay. And um, no 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 Paul. Yeah. No Paul. Let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> this this almost makes me feel bad for giving the other one such high rating because it it would feel like it won't give the contrast that this trail deserves. Uh, but but obviously this this trail is a five star and it is a it's a particularly high five star yeah because it is special yes it is busy in places but it's part of the trail you know I mm. I said and I I said to myself when I started the trail I'm gonna say hi to I uh, sorry I'm gonna say bonjour bonjourno and I think bonjour in uh, in the southern in the western part of um in Switzerland as well so bonjour. And I said bonjour to everybody I went past and everybody said it back and it was friendly. Every refuge, you're making friends with people. This is a five-star trail. This is a trail that I want every hiker out that's listening to this. You have to hike it at some stage. You will really enjoy it. But, you know, expect it for what it is. This is a social trail. This is a trail for meeting other hikers. But this is a trail where you are going to experience views like you've never experienced in your life. Um, or, well, a lot of people haven't experienced their life. So, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Great. Fantastic. Well, I, I, th- I think at this stage that we're going to have to start caveating your five stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five star that you sleep in a house or it's a five star <laughs> where there's cheese and wine everywhere you look um <laughs> nah, that's brilliant thanks thanks very much for bringing us through that uh paul um and yeah i i, I second that i'm going to be one of those people that are going out and, and doing it at some point uh when we when awesome. we can leave our borders um i guess that's it uh we'll leave it at that um unless you have anything else to add to that paul Nope, that's everything for me. Great stuff. Okay, well, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Um, we want to start getting questions in this. So if you have any questions for us, 
uh, things that you want us to cover in the podcast that we haven't covered in if you want us to cover a particular trail uh, if you want any kind of hints and tips about the app itself uh, or just any kind of questions about hiking in general um, you can uh, get us on social media so our, our social media handles are at hiker underscore on instagram uh, just search hiker on uh, facebook and you'll find us there we are on twitter we're more active on on instagram and facebook at the moment um, and you can also email the podcast specifically uh, with podcast at hiker.co and that's uh, hiker with two eyes obviously so podcast at hiker.co um Thank you as always, Paul. Uh, it was a pleasure. Um, Thanks, we, we'll be back very soon with the next episode. Um, I'll see you then. Goodbye, Paul. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>